following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Haas of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Ozes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend back Here we go, another episode of Open House with Team Reba, going on five and a half years now yes yeah. since it is uh end of february yes right you know i i, I keep we started back in september to september of 2000 and i gotta do the 16. math yes Something like that yes yeah. that would yeah, be correct way back yeah i keep thinking wow. about one of our first episodes we actually did a show on the housing markets within walking distance of a dick's driving yes and then you got me for covid a dick's mask yeah, but you would wear it. <laughs> I'm about to. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I am. I, well, I, you know, I got to mix it up. I got to just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure where I'm going to wear it, but I'm going to wear it. <laughs> Good at for least, you. Yeah. At least it doesn't yeah. say the name. It's just got like little burgers, little burgers. and shakes right, and fries right. all yeah. over it. And yeah, stuff, that'd be a little bit too really far funny. if you had the name on your face. That would yeah, be I think I'm yeah. going to pass on that yeah, one. I don't want to go but, there. Yeah, but yeah. I do see a lot of people wearing them as fashion statements. <laughs> really. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's become the whole new marketing thing. You know, oh, of course, yeah. it didn't take long. Well, and they're all like private labeled and everything now, oh, too. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I, I, I'm probably one of the few people who hasn't yet put my logo on it. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just, I don't know, there's part of me that says, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have some cute dog bandanas. If you want a dog bandana, you can go to our Open House with Team Reba Facebook page and request a doggy bandana. Well, those, those are, are adorable. Those are cute. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I guess you can wear one of those as a face mask because bandanas mm-hmm. count. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just not on board with, uh, yeah, I, I we got them uh, the corporate ones with oh, the yeah. corporate logo I know on you there gave me and, one. Yeah, and I'm like They're oh, kind of funky. They are. They're not they're very Those don't cheesy. Fit very good anyway. No, they're super cheesy. No. No. Yeah, they did like it's like I'm sorry, it's like wearing a piece of underwear on your face. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. It's like well, uh I have But never say I never give you anything cuz I definitely gave you one of the <laughs> cheesy underwear like face thingies. So there yeah. you go. What does this say about the kinds of gifts you give me? Uh, you know what? I, I'll give you credit. At Christmas time every year, you usually give me a very nice bottle of wine and some lovely snacks. Oh, well, good. And you do that for my entire team, which I think is very, very generous and cool of you. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate well, it. I appreciate you guys, so yeah. I know how hard you work. Well, thank you. So, plus, thank, I, you, thank you. I really just wanted to swing by and see your dog. So, yeah, I'm like, by the rest of you. I, people love the story <laughs> of you having pet sat him for me and him getting out of your place at three in the morning and running around the neighborhood. <laughs> I know you don't I, love that story, but everyone uh, on my team thinks that's a we, riot. We, for a while, we've re- referred to him as the world's worst golden retriever. <laughs> so just for that Because he doesn't reason. retrieve, he well, just runs away. And it was, a, it was a Christmas before that, my son Peter was dog-sitting your dog, yeah. uh, and he was up at Camino Island, and yes. he took off. Oh, right. And I forgot about that I have one. a picture of Peter carrying him yes. back. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> when he finally caught up with him like an hour later. Yeah, so there's a video that goes around on Facebook 
that shows this guy. He's wearing shorts and you know, his T-shirt and flip-flops. And he's got a golden retriever and he's going up to an escalator. And the dog's like, no. <laughs> and he goes over and he picks that dog up. And he like goes up the escalator Aww, holding him. Like and that makes baby. me think of that picture, though. Because <laughs> Rusty <laughs> held like a baby. Well, he's just got this grin <laughs> on his face like, I got you guys. Yeah. You know, like, it was worth every he, minute of it. Oh, yeah. That's his favorite. <laughs> That's he loves that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. he's learned with me that I just, you know, I walk out the door and I'm just like, greenies, like ad for greenies for yeah. the dogs, the dental treats, you know, because he he, lo- he loves those things like crack. Oh. He does. He comes running back for those. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I learned that valuable fact a little bit late, Sorry. unfortunately, but that's Sorry, okay. I didn't tell you. That's okay. That was just a bit. I delivered them. I just forgot but, to tell you. <laughs> but you're a good friend. There you go. And a great colleague. Always. Um, so we appreciate that. Always We're going to talk about frustration. Co- well, no. Well, frustrations and how to get a great colleague yeah. to help you through this crazy, crazy market we're in. Yeah. You need help. You do. You you really do. Everyone I mean, thinks real estate is so easy. It's and not. It's no. seriously not. If you've been in this marketplace at all, yeah. you know it's... It, it's a bit of a struggle. You need to have a plan. Yeah, the competition is fierce. Right. Right. Yeah. And and if you don't, in fact, there's a there was a statistic that just recently came out, and um, there's a, a survey. It's a quarterly survey called the Housing Trend Survey. It's conducted by the National Association of Home Builders. Um, in the latest survey, 69% of those actively seeking to buy a home have spent as much as three months searching without success. Wait, say that again? 69% of those actively seeking to buy a home have spent at least three months searching without success. Now, in the past, the number one reason you know that, that they weren't successful mm-hmm. was because home prices were too high. This time around, it's because of competition. They're just not mm-hmm. having their bid accepted. Right. And and boy, we, we have... Do abs- they say the reasons why? Like what the... That, that the is really... Because I know that's what you and I were going to cover. I was just curious if the article actually tried to dive into the, the issues and like how to address them. Because we're going to do that in this show. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, and if you go back a year, like to, to fourth quarter 2019... Forty-four percent said it was unaffordable high mm-hmm. home prices that were holding back their purchase, right. and only nineteen percent percent were citing better offers from other buyers. Mm-hmm. It's flip flop now. Yeah, now it's it's better offers from other buyers because we're we're getting these bidding wars. Oh yeah, going on. There was one that we went after um, just the other week. Thirty-five offers. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, and it was in that kind of 400, 450K price range up in kind of Linwood Everett area. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we've said that for months on this program that the 250 to 750 price range has been hyper competitive, but even above 750. Yeah. It's absolutely. Busy. If you're out in Snoqualmie, out in Snoqualmie Ridge, crazy, crazy growth out there. Yeah. Lots of competition and the prices have gone up 10% in just one year. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I can even, you know, the, you know, you're helping me sell my, my mm-hmm. dad's home yeah. in North Seattle and in five days, mm-hmm. there's been over 8,000 hits on, if you look mm-hmm. at like Zillow and Redfin of oh, yeah. people looking at yeah. that home. Yeah. We had uh, multiple pre-inspections, tons of viewings. It's been, uh, I've been busy. Yeah. 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 We've been busy. A lot, lot going on there. <laughs> yes, so. it's well. I mean, and the thing is, is like your dad's place is a fixer-upper. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. just like we've always said, like it has to be compelling, but here's what I'll give you and your brother, like great credit for, right? Mm. Cause I, we, we were, we've talked on the show that I'm coming out with like tiered pricing models, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have a great location. So mm-hmm. if it's, if it's not selling, it's not compelling, True. right? Yeah. And true. you have to figure out why. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in your case, the reason we have this much activity is we're priced well. Mm-hmm. We're in a good location. Yeah. Right. And you prepped the home, even though we didn't do a bunch of updates staging. to we the home. We didn't do fancy staging. We didn't do anything. any fancy other stuff, but we yeah. made sure it was clean. Mm-hmm. We made sure that everything around it was tidy, mm-hmm. made, you know, did good pictures, did 3D tours so people could mm-hmm. like, because, you know, we went on during Snowmageddon, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was one of those things where, you know, we did a drone because we knew that you would have two potential types of buyers, someone who would buy and renovate Mm -hmm. to stay in. Right, right. Possibly flipper types Mm -hmm. and possibly builders. Right. Right. And so we have packaged all of the things that make that property compelling and made sure that it was priced correctly. And that's why we're having so much activity. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, right, you know, we did an analysis in 2018 on the property and it's gone up quite a bit since yeah, that time in 2018 oh, yeah. right because yeah. we've continued to have a shortage of inventory and then mm-hmm. on top of it we had those rates that went crazy low right right because if you go back to 2018 when i was first talking to you about this with your family the rates were significantly higher mm-hmm. right so it's it's a nice confluence of events that works out mm-hmm. to you know benefit of the family at this point but for those people who are out fighting in this market, there's a number of things that you can do, or if you're considering getting into it, really think about the professionals that you're going to work with. Mm-hmm. Well, because it makes the difference. And just to kind of finish a thought on that too, you know, I, you know, you and I are constantly on. Why well, I guess you're on both sides of that. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're representing sellers where they're trying to decide which yeah. offer to accept. Yes. And you're representing buyers, hoping that their offer mm-hmm. will be accepted. You know, this this will be interesting for me because I'm usually just on the buyer side, but now I'm going to be on the seller side, mm-hmm. you know, trying to decide which of these, however many offers come in, you know, which which one's the best. Mm-hmm. So I guess I've got a question for you on that. Yes. And, and maybe because if you put yourself into the seller's position, even as a buyer, I think it's important to know this. You know, what what are we looking at as a seller, you know, that will compel us to accept one offer over another offer? Ah, uh, Yes. So many good things. Yeah. So most people always assume it's just price, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Sure. Most people assume it's price, but we know that it's not always price because mm-hmm. we've had several times where our client has not been the number one. In fact, mm-hmm. you and I just had a recent closing with one of our young mm-hmm. buyers. Right. Right. You know, former Eagle Scout. Yeah. I won't get into names, but we That's know right. who I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. you smile over there. He wasn't the number one price. Mm-mm. Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And part of the reason why was, so he was $5,000 under the next best price, but it was a combination of, we had flexibility mm-hmm. on closing and possession, mm-hmm. right? They did have a strong earnest money. Mm-hmm. They had a very strong down payment. Mm-hmm. He also wrote a very compelling letter because mm-hmm. this was a home that had been owned by one family for a very, very long time. Yeah. And they loved, you know, part of the reason yeah. why he was going to move in there is because grandma was two blocks away right. and he helps take right. care of grandma. Yeah. It's like very yeah. cool. And that's all legit right? too. You all, know, yeah. Right. And so sometimes, you know, these personal stories, the, here's the other thing. And maybe you didn't know this, that agent also partly took us 
because of my team mm-hmm. and the communication, how well we wrote the offer, mm-hmm. the amount of communication that we had with him ahead of time mm-hmm. and throughout the entire process. And, and he even thanked us. He's mm-hmm. like, thank you for being so professional because there were multiple yeah. offers on that deal. But we're going to get into more of the details of all of this when we get back after these messages. We'll be right back with Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from HomeBridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock and every Sunday from 3 to 4 o'clock. And always on podcasts. That's right. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. iHeartRadio. You name it. (laughs) Just go where your favorite podcasting site is. That's right. And you're going to find us. Yep, that's right. And a ton of valuable and useful information. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, if you want to give us suggestions of future shows, you can Mm -hmm. go to our Open House with Team Reba Facebook page. There you go. We now have a Facebook page. We're also posting events when we do have classes and such. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we just recently had one uh, before the show, Mm -hmm. and we're going to have future Classes coming up, which you and I need to get working on that calendar, that's right. buddy. Yes, we do. Need to get on it. Snap, snap. Because this is a busy market, and that's why we're talking on this show that's right. about, you know, ways to set yourself apart, right? Exactly. You know, and, and I'll tell you, part of the thing that holds people back that is fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the psychology of all of this, right? Because, like, sure. in that report, you said that people were three or more months Right. Right. So what do you think is going on in that person's mind? Oh, it's despair. I, I can I can tell you. I mean, I've, I've mm-hmm. personally been looking for mm-hmm. a, a very, oh, right. yeah. very particular place. Yes. For going on a year now. Yeah. And yours is a nugget. Yeah, yours is, is a hard nugget it to is. find. And, and I'm a lot of these folks are not looking for a hard nugget. Right. Right. But I, but I'm willing to wait mm-hmm. and until until the right thing comes up. And, uh, but, but no, it can be, it can be almost despair inducing. It's like, it I'm is. never going to find anything. And then top, put on top of that, if you're, especially if you're a first time home buyer, uh, I've got a lease coming up. You know, my lease is expiring. Yes. I've got three more months. Mm-hmm. Do I let the yeah. lease expire and go month to month? Do I renew the lease? Yeah. You know, Do I have an extra charge if I go month to month? Right. Which is sometimes significant. Uh, yes. Frequently, so so all which is why puts, we're telling people start six months in advance. Yeah, if you possibly can, yeah. you know. And I and I have had many many clients say I, I'm not going to buy for six nine months from now. Then mm-hmm. start looking. Those are the ones that find the house right away. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the trick. Well, okay, but you know what? That's not always the case. Sometimes they'll do that and they'll, they'll find that house, but then they get the competition and yep. then they get the yeah, slap they, upside they the head like, up. oh, yeah. whoops, okay. Well, maybe, you know, because we've had that happen because people will look because we, you know, we, we try and vet out when we're talking with people like, well, how long have you been looking already? Because mm-hmm. we know by the time that they reach out to us, a lot of times they've already been looking three, six, nine, 12, 24, 36 months. Right. It's very, very commonplace that people are thinking about this mm-hmm. way in advance. Yeah. We yeah. have a client right now that is a perfect example of this. 
their lease isn't up until end of July. And they were referred to us by a past client. And I contacted them and said, you know, that's great. Your lease is up then. But we should be talking now because mm -hmm. we need to get you prepared and steal your mind mm -hmm. from the standpoint. Steal as in like hard metal, not like mm -hmm. rip it out of your head. But, you know, we need to steal you for what you're about to join in on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right. we need to know, like I immediately was like, go and read your lease. Go and make sure how much timeline. If you do happen to be lucky enough to find a house early on, like here's what your timeline is to close, right? Because it's usually about 30, 45 days to close a property. Mm -hmm. So, okay, what do you need to have for your landlord? Also, in the event that you might buy something that you want to do work to, mm -hmm. you might want that gap of time so you're not rushing right. to have to get out at the last minute. a couple minute. weekends to paint or do this or Yeah, that. you yep. don't want to have to try and close the same weekend you're supposed to be moving oh, out of your don't. rental. That's please a don't. nightmare waiting to happen. Right. Don't right? set your closing on a Friday. No. You know, because what happens if something goes haywire? We've had transactions mm -hmm. over the, in the last year just because everybody's busy where the escrow company could not accommodate a signing yeah. or the insurance agent could not give us a binder or, yep. or you know, there's just things that happen yeah. that can easily delay you. And if you're Many things a outside Friday, of your control. Yeah. And if, if your closing is a Friday, you're not going to close on Saturday. Mm -hmm. You know, the recording no. office is not open. You're and funds have to are not available. You're going to working day. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. So there's a ton of... Wednesday's good. Uh, yeah, we always try and target between Tuesday to Thursday. Yeah, for sure. Honestly. Yeah, yeah I and mean, I've been doing that for almost two decades now. Yeah. Because we know Friday, you know, right now, especially with COVID, all of the escrow and title companies are really strained. Mm -hmm. And they're working with fewer people in a lot of cases. Yes. Um, many of them have had COVID cases coming mm -hmm. in through and so then they end up with short staffing yep. you've got recording offices that aren't you know fully staffed no. we have counties that are saying hey we aren't going to guarantee your recording even if you send that's it right. in that's right you know there's so many things outside of that control and so we're just a hundred percent trying to stay on top of all those things and then working with our customers on what's the way that we give you the best scenario right mm -hmm. so your offer is one understanding how the process works is another right yes, right and why you're going to do the things that you're going to do talking about it in advance we, we talk a lot about strategy is not just about how you craft an offer but it's about how you're going to go look for property and then how you're going to you know challenge you know your competitors right in trying to get that property Right. Yep. And so a lot of it is that prep. You and I have talked many, many times about making sure to try and get a full underwrite because a listing agent does care mm -hmm. about what that means. Absolutely. They right. Do. And, you know, the price price is good, but it's not everything. Um, but you do need to understand how escalations work. Right. So an example would be, let's say it's a four hundred thousand dollar house. You've got maybe 20 people competing for this thing. Everyone's going to have a different threshold and have a different conversation with their agent, mm -hmm. most likely. Right. And you need to know, well, what's your maximum? Not just what is your maximum with your lender, but what do you feel comfortable with? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And then having the conversations with your lender ahead of time to know, like, hey, can you tell me at 400 to, you know, say 450, what's my payment look like? Right. In some increments yes. there. So instead of freaking out while you're in that moment. Right. You know in advance. 
right? That's what one of the things that drives me nuts is I can't tell you how many times I get asked when I'm working with someone who has a different lender than you. Mm-hmm. What's that going to do to my payment? Right. You know, and I'm I, like, <laughs> I, I, I always, I always tell my clients that because with interest rates as, as low as they are right now, a thousand dollars in loan amount is going to change your payment by about four dollars and eight cents. So then you just need to do the math. Just do the math. If I go up fifty thousand, let's call it five. You know, my payment's mm-hmm. going to go up two hundred bucks. It'll actually be a little bit less than right. that. Right. So you have to know what your payment threshold is for you, mm-hmm. right? right? And so those are very important conversations to be having with your yes. agent and yes. your lender upfront, and hopefully both of them together. So that you're working in harmony on this situation, right? Because that's one of the things that we're constantly going back and forth on, right, with our customers. And when I don't have that relationship with another lender, I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay. Like, let us go and get this guy off the golf course so he can answer your question. I'm always amazed with that, you know, and and whenever I pre-approve somebody, I'm telling Mm -hmm. them, Keep me in the loop. Let yes. me know when you're making an offer. I want to write a letter yep. that's specific to that offer, an yep. approval letter. Uh, but also, let's let's talk this thing through. Let's make sure your pre-approval letter matches the top end of your escalation, though, please. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it no. makes no sense. Little things like that. Yeah. Um, because and I know loan officers that refuse to handwrite a a, mm-hmm. a, a pre-approval letter. They'll just give a, a client maybe four or five. Here's some different prices. Right. Just use those. And because yeah. uh, they don't want to be bothered on the weekend. Right. And, and well, maybe that's okay, but I would rather have it the property address on a letter and the specifics so that the yeah. seller knows we've done our due diligence right. and done and our research. Right. And making a phone call to that agent. Oh, yeah, so that for sure. You can also answer any questions. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let's yeah. talk this through without violating any sort of confidentiality yeah. rules, you know, of course. But well, because you and I have had this happen where we've had a client who's using, say, a down payment assistance program, mm-hmm. their financials are great. Mm-hmm. But they're just using a program because it's available to them. And why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, there's right. there's nothing wrong with that. And you need to you know be able to say to somebody, you know, if we get into an appraisal situation, right. you know, if I have the permission from my client to talk about that, mm-hmm. right? Because I have a duty of confidentiality. But we talk about this with our clients in advance. Right. May I speak to this agent about these things mm-hmm. because it will matter. A savvy agent will ask those questions. Yeah. And and what what will happen these days and correct me if I'm wrong on this but mm-hmm. when when um when you're presenting an offer that listing agent is going to be compiling a spreadsheet or Hopefully. something we do to kind of you know, map out all of these different offers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like, I use the analogy, you know, you're, you're, you're starting a basketball game and a bunch of people are standing around and you're, the team captains are picking the team. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> you, know, you want to be the first one they pick, you know, yeah. not, not the last one they right. pick. Um, but, but it's going to be based on, on your credentials. Mm-hmm. So, you know, another one that comes up all the time though is closing date. You and I have this conversation, yep. how fast can we close? Yes. You know, and I know for some sellers that really matters for mm-hmm. others, maybe not so much. Right. Some uh, of them want a long closing or they want time after closing. Right. But many agents believe that just putting the fastest closing date down mm-hmm. is what's going to win them the offer. And, and if you can't perform, you're in trouble. Well, that's, that's the problem. And, and there's a couple words uh, that come to mind for that one is called TRID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truth in Lending Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act Integrated Disclosure Rule. Wait, uh, I need a glass of wine. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or we just shorten it up to the reason I drink. Yes. Uh, because 
TRID has as a mandatory three-day waiting period at the end of the transaction. Right. So when your lender gets done with everything, we issue our approval. Now you sign a document called a closing disclosure. we got to wait three working days mm-hmm. uh, before you can sign the final paperwork. Yes. And then we got to wait one, basically, usually at least one more day before the transaction closes. Right. Well, if you set up, a, let's say, a, a, a 30-day closing. Mm-hmm. So let's call, let's call it um, four weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's twenty working days right. minus three. If you for, don't have a holiday, <laughs> if you don't have a holiday, um, minus three days for trid, minus another day for signing, mm-hmm. minus another day for for f- the day of funding. If everything mm-hmm. goes perfectly, that gives your lender fifteen working days yeah. to do a heck of a lot of work. Yeah. And and so that's not, why the full underwrite is so nice. Yes, because not every lender can perform that quickly. Mm-hmm. If you're fully underwritten, then all that that work, advance work, has been done already, and then we just have to. Wrap and I'm going to bring up a point about that because, as we talked about in another show, there might be a backup or backup offer waiting for you to fail. Yeah. So for let's you talk to about up. that when we get back on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM fifteen ninety. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Hey, before yeah. we jump back into our topic, yes. um, I want to give a little quick um, uh, kind of a self-help sort of a thing. Um, and for Is this going to take a while? No, it's going to just take a couple minutes. You know, I, I, My I, self-help... It's a lifetime. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I search for a lot of uh, a lot of economics, statatistics, and things like that, uh-huh. and including I'm holding up the magazine. Car and Driver, yeah, yes. Car and Driver I magazine, you know, where I get some of my economic facts. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So what, what, I, what I wanted to the, – the, this article kind of grabbed my attention because the article said, when does an $8,000 car cost $21,000? When you pay a lot of interest on it. Yeah, when you when you when when you <laughs> sorry, re- you're giving me a flashback to my ex husband when he bought a Harley for 23 percent interest. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's when you I go to died. what's called a buy here pay here type of a dealership. You mm-hmm. know, you know, all people are approved. Oh and, yeah. You know, you know, all mm-hmm. we need is a paycheck and oh, yeah. or a W two and and mm-hmm. we'll we'll give you a car. Well, what happens with those and and most of those types of dealerships are catering to folks with credit scores that are pretty low, oh, yeah. below about six twenty, and um, the um, th- these dealerships will not only charge a higher price for that car, but they'll charge interest rates as high as almost thirty yeah. percent. And, and, and then so, sometimes they'll wrap in the money you owe on the car you just turned in because you're underwater on it into exactly, that other loan. Exactly. So, you know, they gave an example of it's uh, not a good deal. Kelly Blue Book 2012 Chevrolet Cruze with 105,000 miles on it should sell anywhere from 6500 to $8,000. You know, you go to a buy here, pay here type dealership, you might pay more than, you know, probably thirteen dollars or $14,000 for that same car. And uh, so then if you add in, um, you know, a low down payment, 500 bucks down, then you're end up borrowing instead of $7,000, let's say you're borrowing $15,000. Mm-hmm. Instead of paying 4.9% interest rate, you're paying 19.9% or 29.9%. All of a sudden, that car gets, uh, you know, your lifetime cost of that car more than doubles. So, you know, if you see one of those, hey, you know, you're you're good. You're everybody's going to get mm-hmm. approved here. You know those types of operations run away. You know. Okay. And uh, so that's my 
that's my uh, life advice for the for the afternoon. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to get back to this other thing because we're talking about offers. I yes. want to keep people focused. How to get the how to make your offer well, be so, the winning offer. Well, and here's the thing. We were just talking about whether or not you put an appropriate closing date on mm-hmm. and whether or not you can achieve that closing date. Yep. You and I both know because we've seen it happen to someone, not my client, past client, but they use someone else mm-hmm. who in a multiple offer situation threw in a two week period for closing and those people lost their earnest money mm-hmm. and the second offer, the backup offer moved into first position and got that property. Right. Right. And that is a very real thing right now. We mentioned in another show about how I have a client who's in first position and if and we did put a three week closing on that, but we checked with you mm-hmm. ahead of time, right, to make sure that that was achievable. Yeah, what did I say? I'll do my best, <laughs> please. Which is no. what you always say. <laughs> um, but I don't ask you to do that very often. No, no, absolutely. Right, and it was because I knew we were crafting. We didn't know how many offers we were going to compete against, but I can tell right. you, here's what I did as the buyer agent. We had looked at several other houses in that area. I found, and I always do a comparable pricing check against properties in the area before we finish doing our offer, which I recommend listeners that you have done. Mm -hmm. Work with an agent who's willing to take the time to do this Mm -hmm. and who knows how to have the power of analysis on their side to be able to discern that and who will pick up the phone to find out what those other pending deals have going on. Because here's what we found out. Other houses that had gone on at a higher price point, but that would be comparable still to this house, mm-hmm. had had anywhere from five to eight offers on them. I got the other agents to tell me what the highest price point was mm-hmm. that they had come in on those. I got them to tell me who had done, you know, the, how many pre-inspections. Because guess what? If you're looking in a bandwidth of pricing, so are that same number of people. Right. And they're all going from house to house to house to house. Right. If they're similar and competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're learning something, hopefully, every single time about what didn't work. Right. And then modifying their offers mm-hmm. appropriately. Right. So we looked into that and it was like, well, this one went on at six and a quarter and it went to 665 and it had six offers. This one went on at six and a quarter. They're anticipating five offers. Probably all the people who didn't get that one. Mm-hmm. This one had, you know, went in at this price and went to 650. It started at 580 and it went to 650. Called that guy. He had whatever X number of offers. So I'm sharing that information with my customers to say, anticipate will have at least this many other people. Mm-hmm. And this is the price range it's right. potentially going to go to, right? I, I can't tell you how important that is for two reasons. Number one, mm-hmm. for, for having the winning offer. But also, once you get into contract and you win, mm-hmm. the next steps we have to do an appraisal of that property. Mm-hmm. And the appraiser is looking at the same yep. data. And if, if you come in just, you know, high in the sky, super, super right. high on that price, but there's no other comparable sales mm-hmm. to support that price, You run the risk of that appraisal coming in low. And I have seen listing agents, including myself, give advice to customers to say, we might want to avoid that one. Mm -hmm. Go with one that makes more sense. Yeah. Because even when I list property, like I have a property I'm selling right now. um, You know who their son is because we helped them buy a house. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, you know, his parents are now selling their place. 
And we did a price analysis of it for going on market because there's always kind of the, you know, the low to mid to high range. There's mm-hmm. never perfect price. There's a range that right. you think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And especially depending, again, on condition and market and, you know, what's happening with, you know, lending and what have you. And we looked at that and we actually were able to use those numbers that we did to they ended up taking an off market deal because a neighbor came and appealed to them and they said, yes, we want to go ahead and sell to these people. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, uh, and I recommended and got for them because we'd already set what our on market price was going to be. We were a few days from going on market when this happened. Mm. And I said, we're going to do some things to make sure that you still benefit from what would have happened if you had multiple offers. We're going to have them. We did what I did on a place in West Seattle once where we had the buyer pay a premium mm-hmm. above what we were going to go on market for. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of other things that we did that financially benefited my client and ended up getting them another, you know, like at the end of the day, about an extra 15,000 because we knew they could potentially have gone up as high as five and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And I had told them, I said, if we get something at five fifty and above, I'm going to question it mm-hmm. because that is highly unlikely to appraise. So mm-hmm. unless we have someone who has a big down payment, like the the people that we were talking about earlier that, you know, we went above asking, uh, beat out everyone. There's a backup offer in place in their situation. It was, um, you know, the ability to uh, do a waiver on the appraisal and listeners, we have another show about Mm -hmm. appraisal waivers, so I'm not going to go into detail on it right Mm -hmm. now, but we were able to do that because they have such a significant down payment Mm -hmm. that no matter what, they're going to qualify for this. Oh, you've asked me lots of times, Hey, do you think Mm -hmm. this one will be eligible for an appraisal waiver? Two different kinds, Mm -hmm. right? And so people can go back and listen to that show, but there's, there's an appraisal waiver by the financial side and by the contractual side. Mm-hmm. And we just checked in with you to like, okay, they have enough of down payment that this is going to be like right. a well, walk I in the park. Well, even need an appraisal. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a walk in the park. And so we contractually removed the appraisal from it, but put language in that said that the seller would provide yeah. access to that mm-hmm. appraiser because we still want them to have it appraised. Sure. But also the hold period for that client mattered because they plan on never selling this. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to pay a premium, even mm-hmm. if it is above appraised value mm-hmm. because they intend to hold it forever yeah. and pass it to Over their children. Over time, it's not going to matter. Right. It won't matter what they paid mm-hmm. for it because it's what they want. Yeah. Right. right. So it's, you know, interesting how you can have all these different things that kind of, you know, you're competing against what you don't know. You don't know if that other person is planning on living there. You don't know if it's a second home. You don't know if it's something they're going to pass down to their children or if they're buying it as an investment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's talk about contingencies. Yes. So your your big ones are a financing contingency mm-hmm. and an inspection contingency. Right. Physical inspection. Physical yes. inspection. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a, a lot of buyers waiving those. So bad idea if you wave without doing one, mm-hmm. um, because in this state we have seen time and time again in the courts that they say let the buyer beware. Mm-hmm. And you know, yes, there's disclosure laws, but if someone doesn't know something, they don't know. Right. Right. And if you have been given an opportunity to do due diligence, the court will look at you as a buyer and say you had a chance mm-hmm. and you blew it. Right. And in fact, the document says for the Northwest Multiple and our firms for that, it says that you've been advised mm-hmm. to get an inspection. 
And you do it at your own risk. Especially if you're a first-time home buyer and you're using Mm -hmm. every shekel that you've got to get into that home. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to have a bad roof or a $30,000 sewer line. Exactly. Anything like that. Yeah. And all, all these things can be can be discovered, you know, through, mm-hmm. through the inspection process. Yes. So, so no, you, well, keeping in mind though, a sewer scope is separate from a mm-hmm. general inspection. So you do have to kind of, um, plan, mm-hmm. you know, cause not most inspectors don't do sewer scopes. Right. So you have to have the right vendors in place, be working with agents who have good resources or you right. get them yourself. Um, because if you can't get one of them, there's no guarantee you'll get it later. Right. Right. Um, I know like when we were selling your dad's place, one of the benefits I could tell agents was that, you know, he got a new sewer line three mm-hmm. years ago. Right. Yeah. Now that's right. not a perfect thing. They mm-hmm. I still want them to do their own stuff, but, mm-hmm. but that was at least helpful for them because of the age of that house. Right. 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 When it's built in 1939, you want a sewer scope. <laughs> you definitely right. Do. If it's built in 2012, you know it's going to be PVC pipe. Well, you and I have have one though that was built in 2018, and it tied into a hundred year old sewer. Yes. Line. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to know what the background of that mm-hmm. property is. If it's right. a, if, if it's part of a short plat that they were all done together, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. However, keep in mind, you know that my own house when I lived on Finney Ridge was a great example mm-hmm. of a new sewer line that still had an issue because of how it got installed. Mm-hmm. So things like that still come up, but there's. Um, so many more contingencies that we have to cover and we've talked a lot about inspections before so we have those on past shows but we're going to cover some of the other items when we get back after this break open house with team reba on am 1590 the answer Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back. Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas for Team Reba. So, Reba, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Well, if they want to send a general question to us, they can send it to info at teamreba.com, or they can send me a private email to reba at teamreba.com, or you can also reach out to me on our new Open House with Team Reba Facebook page. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, good good page there yes a lot of good info on there yes we're gonna and we're continuing <laughs> to fill it out well Bebe, who's on our team is continuing to help me kind of get mm-hmm. that built out because we, we have a lot of resources right we've got a ton yeah, of social do. media you can find us on instagram and linkedin mm-hmm. and twitter and all the all the big hot spots but uh mm-hmm. yeah but we're hoping our facebook and we have a facebook page for team reba remax metro realty but um you know for this show yeah. We, want, we want to kind of funnel people to, you know, what they're looking for. Yeah. Highlight right? highlight our guests. Yeah. Highlight our guests. They want to see the content that we're putting out there mm-hmm. and, you know, and other events yeah, and such. For sure. Yeah. For How sure. about you? I'm easy. Uh, Eric <laughs> at ericismybanker.com. Eric with a C. And you can always call me too. Uh, 206-915-ERIC. 206-915-3742. You, you got Eric as my banker, not Eric as easy. I, or, you, know, or you could have Eric as my easy banker. Yeah, well, I know what you would say. You know, <laughs> Eric is bald or something yeah. like that. Yes, but, that's uh, what I used to say. Hashtag Eric <laughs> hashtag. is bald. That's right. We used to have that hashtag. Yeah. Well, that one's no maybe longer. Maybe I'll bring around. that one back. No, nah, I think if we're good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. We're okay. We're okay. Yeah, yeah we're all right without that. <laughs> all right. So we're talking about these multiple offer situations yes. and what's going to help you put yourself in the best mm-hmm. best position, you know, yeah. best, best predicament. 
when there's 20 some odd other people trying to buy the same house. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we talked about, we were, I think just before the break, we're talking about contingencies. Yes. Inspection. Whether it's a good idea to waive them or not waive them. So we talked about inspection contingencies. You have to know why you're waiving them. Because sometimes the seller will provide an inspection, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to know what that means. Yep. And then sometimes you'll have an opportunity to do a Mm pre-inspection, you know, so basically you're doing that, trying to decide if it's going to impact your offer, if you're even going to write an offer, because sometimes you find out some surprising things and maybe Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, whoa, not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you might adjust your offer or maybe you might put something in your offer that maybe you wouldn't do otherwise. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to make sure we get to the escalation aspect because we were talking early at the beginning of this about the psychology behind some of this. Right. And the impact of certain requests, um, the inspections when when people are trying to push a seller provided or um, you know wave wave wave, it really triggers a lot of fear in people. Mm-hmm. And I completely get it because especially in our market area where the, we are well above the national average on our housing prices, right. like way 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 up above those. Um, there is going to be more angst. There is going to be more fear associated. There's going to be a lot more stress involved. So if someone's pushing you to waive a lot of things, be a little suspect or at least get them to explain to you in a way that seems reasonable why. Not just because you'll win because you'll win. Like why and are there any things that give you concern when you the, look at this place, what are the risks? Of, yeah, what are the risks? That? that is actually one of the jobs that the real estate agent is supposed to do is to talk to our public about the risks involved. Like, if you make this decision, what is it that it it could lead to? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. So, if you're waiving a bunch of stuff, we have people who are waiving elements of the contract that take away actually their rights, mm-hmm. and and the people don't know it. And honestly, as I have over 18 years talk to other agents you know most of them don't even know what the contracts say themselves i'm not surprised by that at all it's it's terrifying yeah i've had to train so many agents who've worked in my team and to see the reluctance to just go read the contracts Mm -hmm. is startling well it's the first thing i did when i I got in the industry i get calls from the buyer's Asking, yeah. what does this mean? Explanations. Right. Yeah, they want to know. They're asking me to give them legal advice, essentially, yeah. because their agent doesn't or exactly. doesn't know how to. Right. Because and, most uh, of them don't know what the contracts yeah. actually say. And it's mm-hmm. a little terrifying. Uh, I have no problem going through an entire offer with somebody and explaining exactly what each little bit of it means to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, Zoom calls are easy. I mean, we used to do it in person. Mm-hmm. You can sure. do it on a Zoom call, yeah. share a screen, and I'll walk you through it. It takes about an hour, mm-hmm. you know, right. easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that is sometimes interesting to explain to somebody is when you know there's multiple offers and the other agent, I always joke this is when agents don't like to do math. And <laughs> <laughs> or they don't want to make a spreadsheet. Maybe they're afraid <laughs> of Excel. I yeah, don't know. It could, it could be any of these factors or all of them combined. Yeah. Um, but we've had this happen a couple of times recently where the agent comes back and says, just send us your highest and best, right? Cause the escalation documents that go into the contracts right now are basically saying, hi, I'm a buyer. I'm starting at this price on the first page of the contract. So mm-hmm. maybe it's $400,000. Mm-hmm. And then this other page says, okay. And if there's other offers, I'm willing to pay an extra, you know, 2,500, 5,000, 10,000, whatever your increment is of comfort, you know, I'm willing to pay X amount more than the next best offer up until 
mm-hmm. a maximum of, mm-hmm. right? And you set your cap. Now, I've had this happen recently with two different <laughs> offers. The ones in Port Orchard, they were going to write an offer that would go to a 650 cap. Mm-hmm. And when we were asked to do highest and best, they went down to 632.5. We had another client who parent was willing to go to 550, daughter was willing to go to five and a quarter. She was more hesitant. They came back, asked for highest and best. Our offer went in at 517.5. Interesting. Explain. The fear factor kicks in. Instead of being able to hedge their bets that they may not have to spend that much, mm-hmm. when they are told you must determine the price, mm-hmm. fear kicks in and people don't want to overpay. Ah, okay. And so it. they get more conservative. So I can tell you for a fact there have been agents out there that when they go to highest and best have lost money for their sellers it's just like going i won't do that it's like going i don't do highest and best you know when 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 you're at an auction Mm -hmm. and the the price is you know kind of you know certain Mm -hmm. level yep maybe you'll bid you'll bid you'll bid but then you see more people jumping in and then you get more and more aggressive Mm -hmm. you know as you see more people kind of fight for the same thing you think oh man they want it really bad it must be really good yeah you know and then some people will have that mindset Mm -hmm. and other people go oh look at all these people that's gonna go way too high i can't oh no, no no i'm not gonna do it yeah yeah so you get Everybody has a different mindset. Yeah. Different things trigger, you know, fear and or competition in people. Mm -hmm. And so we find regularly some of those mild mannered people are like, ah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know. I'm afraid I'm going to go too high. And and that's even when I have given them a comp analysis showing them that that price point is completely reasonable. Right. Yeah. It gets interesting. It's premeditated buyer's remorse. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. That's a really great way to describe it, Eric, because Mm -hmm. we have tried to figure out in my team, because this isn't the first time we've seen this. Mm -hmm. This was going on in 2005 and 2006, too. Yeah, it was. Right? That's when they developed that escalation document because no one had one at the time. Right. And it was like a wild west of, you know, language being put in contracts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they... And the MLS hated putting that thing together, and they're revising it right now. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, folks, there are a bunch of the documents with the Northwest Multiple Listing Service here in Washington State that covers most of the state, and they are changing a bunch of documents. So if you're working with an agent, you probably want to ask them, like, is there anything I need to know? Because the escalation document is going to be one of them. Okay. So yeah. new stuff coming. And maybe read it. Yes, make sure that they read it. Yeah. Make sure you read it. Make sure you understand <laughs> what it's all about. You know the one that really gets me, though, that's hilarious? Hmm. Is I have had a couple of times where, because my client's not the highest offer, we had one situation where my client won because we had the best overall written offer. Mm-hmm. And the lady sent me the next best below us instead of sending me the higher offer. And I went, why would you do that? So I want to see the one that maxed us out, not that one that actually wouldn't have maxed us out. And she's like, oh, well, I just didn't do that because there's not a way to do negative on the sheet. And I went. <laughs> we'll cover that in an upcoming Head episode wall. of Open House with Team Reba. <laughs> well, I hope that your offers are all successful out there and that you have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening in. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Weba.
To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.